At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hello folks, and it is a special one this week. Um, this is the Custard TV podcast. For long-term fans of the show, you will remember that I think it was the last season of Game of Thrones. We did mm-hmm. a special series called Gary Goes Westeros, where we reviewed uh, the season episode by episode as it got gradually more disappointing. And it is the return today of Gary Goes Westeros. And obviously, to do that, I needed to um, get the dragons out and... Yeah, you sent across the, the you country sent, you to the grassy lands of Kent Landing. Yeah, and, Kent Landing. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. And um, find the first of his name. You can hear him already. It's Gary. Gary's back, everyone. Uh, hello, fans of dragons and ravens and all other types of creatures. Uh, welcome to the House of the Dragon review. It's, yeah. uh, it's exciting <laughs> to be here. Uh, I'm joined by, you already heard his voice. Matt, the king of the north. Hey, hey up. Hey. <laughs> yeah, can you be extremely northern for this bit? There's and not a lot of northerns in this. I felt a bit. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no. There, well, there was just one northern voice. So, uh, that was, mm. uh, although he doesn't start to come, he doesn't come until episode two. So you're right. I've already done it. Uh, and that laugh that you heard there, uh, joining us from across the narrow Atlantic Sea, uh, is uh, the king of the Westerworlds, uh, Mo Walker. <laughs> Thank you, King Gary, for allowing me to to join this this special episode of Gary Goes to Westeros. Thank you very much for allowing us to 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 welcome you in, us into your homes uh, for this special one-off podcast about the House of Dragon. Um, and to give a little bit of context, this is a prequel to Game of Thrones. For those of you who are confused, thinking, "Hold on a second, everybody died at the end and the dragons went away." This happens. About 172 to the event of Robert's Rebellion, which happens right at the beginning of Game of Thrones. You see the end of it. Um, and the first thing that we see in this episode is very significant, and it's called the Council of 101. The previous king, to the one we're introduced to, can't decide between two very worthy successors that he has what the king decides to do is hold a council of all these kind of like lords and kings from all over westeros and help him decide who his heir should be because women should not sit the iron throne apparently the council decides as we've discussed that the male heir the cousin viserys first of his name uh should be the king and we join the episode as his rule is about 
20, 30 years in. No, nine years, isn't it? Is it nine yeah. years in? No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's roughly about nine to ten because at the remember his 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 Viserys's wife is pregnant in that opening uh, uh, scene with his his daughter uh, Renera, and she's giving and, the voiceover and, and, and yeah, while her mother is standing there pregnant. It says yeah. nine years later on my yeah. thing, oh, okay. although she looks a lot older than nine. So. She does well, look yeah. older than nine. I think in the book she's about eight or nine, but then in the show she looks more like 14, 15. So mm. uh, maybe yeah. they've changed that a little bit. And and the other thing to say is that although this is based on a book, it's not based on a, a, fa- a fiction book like Game of Thrones was, based off the Songs of Ice and Fire. This is based off a history book. George R. R. Martin book, wrote this book of Ice and Fire uh, as a kind of like a history guide to the kings of Westeros and the Targaryen rule and everything so we arrive we are as you say 170 odd years before the events of game of thrones these are all different characters but i think one of the things the show does very quickly very openly is give you a good backdrop to who these people are um our main protagonist our main person really is, is the double head of viscerous targaryen um and his daughter rhaenyra which mo mentioned earlier um Mo laid reference to the fact that um, his wife is pregnant, as she was in the opening scene. She's now pregnant with, well, they hope his son and heir, uh, but another child. Um, and we open with them being involved with Viserys holding a small council. Again, they're trying to link you to what you do know about Game of Thrones. Mm. We know well, that Game of Thrones has a has a small council as, quite regularly. As it- as it said, uh, you know, we said at the start, they wanted to get you in the context of, oh, where am I in terms of Game of Thrones? And they did have that 170 years before Daenerys. Oh, I know that character. Um, and you've obviously got, like, the, the theme tune is, is playing, you know, a slightly different version of the theme tune to get those the people who know the show and are expecting Game of Thrones 2 to get in that mindset straight away, almost. I suppose really what they're trying to do is introduce you to these main characters so let's let's just talk about these main characters so you have king viserys targaryen played by paddy constantine you have the hand of the king who uh is played by reese iffens and it took me a long while to work out that it was reese iffens. really yeah i just you know i suppose maybe this isn't notting hill reese iffens no um so notting hill was like 23 years ago yeah i know yeah you know i I live in the 90s so uh, that would work he plays Otto Hightower, the father of Alison Hightower, who we mentioned. Um, the other main characters that you also have is you have the king's younger brother, Prince Damon Targaryen, played by the former Doctor Matt Smith. You also have um, uh, Lord Coralis Valerian, also known as the Sea Snake. Um, he's on the small council. He's the master of ships. He is married to Rhaenys Targaryen, and she was the daughter of the previous king but the council chose for her not to be the first ever queen. And that comes up a lot because, unlike an, a bit like another HBO show, there's an awful lot about succession in this episode. Mm. And that's really what causes a lot of the confliction and, you know, around these whole ten episodes, I think, is going to be about succession and who takes over and who sits on the Iron Throne. But the one that is definitely causing trouble in the first episode, the one who is most the antagonist, is... Damon Targaryen, um, the Black Prince, played by Matt Smith. And I think played 
very well by Matt Smith. I think this is a difficult part. This is a character in Game of Thrones, similar to some of the others that we saw in the first in the in the first series, in the other series, that book lovers love. They think he is so historic and so admirable and so brilliant that actually it, they were they're worried about how he will be portrayed on the screen. Um, Mo, do you, what do you think of Matt Smith in this role? Well, you know, I can definitely see some shades of uh, Prince Philip from The Crown in terms of his expressions and his demeanor, um, particularly you, where we have some scenes later on where he's um, with his uh, his gold his golden cloaks, you know, getting getting them pumped up or. If he's hanging out, and, and I'm going to use a polite term and say he's in his in the gentleman's club, you yeah, know, hanging yeah, out, you know, yeah. having a bit of fun, you know, a little whoring, you know, he he just he just sort of shifts at this point to be uh, in, into that role that he had in the crown, but he's he's definitely a bit cheekier. He's definitely a bit more of a bastard. Um, what version of the crown did you watch, Mo? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but if if you do his and no no no, no and I'm not saying I, I'm thinking, you're, saying you're, if I you think you're right, I think if you're you right. super impo- I'm talking his his body language, yeah. his facial expressions. There was, I mean, there for for instance, uh, the episode of the crown where he he goes out on a naval cruise. And they're just kind of boys being boys, yeah. having a bit of fun. You know, it's the extreme version of that. But if you you can see, I can see how you can get there from mm. uh, from from the, uh, from the crown to House of the Dragon. Because if you look, if you just know Matt Smith from Doctor Who and some other things, you're gonna have a, a problem making mm-hmm. that leap. But if I, you see the crown, you can see that transition. I think what it is, Mo. I think you you there there is that that sort of element of it. I think the the sort of the link between the two characters is the unsure of their place, sort of within the palace, isn't it? Sort of some level of power, but not enough to make a difference, and sort of trying to find that their way. And in in terms of this character, there's a lot more sort of sin- sinisterness going on beneath the surface, isn't there? You know those sort of sly smiles to camera the um i don't know if you mentioned it gary is he head of the night's watch is that right is that what they call yeah he, yeah the night's watch who patrol as you said the gold cloaks that patrol the city mm. and the city the city is not in the greatest of states it, it, it's seen as a bit unruly and and appointing daemon targaryen was a way to try and bring them into line but he's kind of gone a bit the other way he's kind of gone a bit it's over the top it's sort of if we make a sort of succession uh, analogy, and I think several reviewers have done, and, mm. you know, this is a, almost a bit like succession. Someone says succession with dragons instead of helicopters. That, um, <laughs> That's da- a good point. Damon is Roman, isn't he? It's like he's trying to find him a place. His brother, in this case, or dad, the father figure, has tried to find him a place in the company and we learn that they've put him in several positions already that didn't work out for him so this is why we've given him this and he 
what he's done with it is basically turn them into criminals with badges, more or less, isn't it? It's yeah. So- yeah, he's hired, hired, you know, hired thugs. You know, mm. they're, they're doing his bidding. Um, so this scene, if you, I mean, this scene where you have Damon in his golden cloaks going about the city uh, of King, just you know, dismembering folks. You know, you can make the analogy to particular, you know, policing in, and and I'm going to bring the United States into this. I mean, an extreme version um, to this. We move on to the announcement by uh, Viserys that in honour of what he believes will be his heir and son, he's holding a massive tournament. And and we saw several tournaments in Game of Thrones and we heard talk about tournaments. But really, we switch into what is almost like a gory version of A Knight's Tale uh, <laughs> next, where we get not only the kind of like the, the real the real element of, of you know what these tournaments were about they're about men expressing blood and gore and I'm better than you and male bravado in a really big way and and, and again Matt Smith does that in the most brilliant way you know he is the, he's the you know the brother of the king and I am the best fighter out there and he's got the best armor and the best horse and all of that um, what did you think of the, the tournament stuff? And it did. I've read some comments that said that it went on a bit long. You know that, that people weren't interested in the tournament, but I liked it. I liked it because it gave you a real action scene as well. And they interspersed story elements, didn't they? It's like Damon um, sort of says, "Has he got Alicent Sort of um, what do they call it? Like favor, and then yeah, the, the Dornish guy then goes up. To the, the the other girl or the the daughter, so we've got these little slight elements between these the two girls who will go on to. I I think that's another thing that these female characters are going to be the centre of it and are going. There's going to be some level of rivalry going on. I've seen them compared to the the Berlin sisters, as uh, someone compared them to. You know these very close female friends or sisters mm. who then you know are splintered because of their allegiances, and you see bits of it in that scene and then i'm sure as you're going to go on to gary we get the 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 interspersing of the joust with the childbirth scenes yeah which i think is quite a powerful visual image and will be one of the things that sticks with me um from this episode i think the tournament raises the stakes in that friction between otto hightower the hand of the king and damon because there's clearly jealousy there. There's a rivalry there. Because in those council meetings, you had Damon poking fun, poking at uh, Otto Hightower about the death of his wife. Yeah. And remember, Damon uses his lance to trip the horse that uh, Otto Hightower's son was on. Yes. And, and, you know, and then there was a that point where Allison, you know, she seemed to, I guess, be a little giddy. Had, 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 she she appeared to be, you know, curry favor with with Damon. You know, her father gives her this look about, you know, loyalty to your to your family. You've got these things about families and and their roles and how they are plotting. There is a little bit more of the plotting and planning going on. I mean, for those that loved 
Littlefinger and Varys uh, and those storylines, I think you've definitely got characters who relate much more to them that are showing up. Yeah, Otto Hightower, you know, he's in a very powerful position. He's the hand of the king. The other thing that we haven't mentioned that does come up very early is how ill the king can get. He has got marks on his back that he got from sitting on the Iron Throne. He damages his hand in the episode and they have to use leeches and cortisone into fire to to get him right. We're already sowing those seeds of a king that is not is not well, you know. Um, and of course, we see the mental torture that he goes through. We'll come on now to what was really the, the high point of the episode as regards to action, as you say, the melding of, 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 of the tournament with the death of Viserys' wife in giving childbirth. Um, she spends a lot of time in labour. They can't get the child out. It's breached. Um, this isn't the modern times. They can't do safe caesareans. Basically, they say it's, it's your child or your wife, or both, basically. Of the series, they make him choose, we, don't they? We can save the child, I think, is what they say. Yeah, but basically, by saying that, there's no way we can shave, and, save your wife. And the performance here, yeah, she's barely in it, but Sean Brooke, I thought, was was great when you see that sort of look of realization. Oh, I'm going to die now. Yeah, and and it's a gruesome scene. You see mm. blood, and it. I mean, you don't see. You never see this on one born every minute, do you? No, <laughs> you do. No, it's very different. Um. This this is a very pivotal scene because what happens is not only do they get born a son, but the son also dies very quickly after childbirth. I think they say he lived a day. Um, in fact, we know he did because later on in the episode, Damon Targaryen calls him the prince for a day or the heir for a day in a way to niggle at his brother. Um, so this leaves Viserys without his wife, without an heir again. Um, and now is mentally absolutely broken. And the key thing is they go back to a small council, and it, I think it's Otto Hightower, unless I'm proved wrong, that actually says, King, we need to talk now about your succession. Mm. You can just imagine, you know, you've lost your wife, you've lost, your, you've lost a child, and now the guy you've hired to look after you wants to talk about what are you going to do, how are you going to choose, and he just loses it. You know, and, and again, I, I mean, I really like Paddy Constantine. I think he's a really good actor. I kind of feel like he's already been in Game of Thrones. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't been. I think <laughs> it's anyone who hasn't been in Game of Thrones or as I read in something or is yeah. currently in the crown. Anyone else, any other British actor. And anyone else who couldn't get in the first one. And he, he's brilliant in this, in playing this kind of tortured role now. Um, and he makes the decision to announce... Uh, Rhaenyra is going to be his daughter is going to be the first queen of Westeros and this very much annoys Daemon Targaryen his, his brother like basically says you either leave that's it yeah <laughs> or, 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 or we're going to end you I, I mean there is no you know <laughs> there's he, no, there's no package he, you know he doesn't he doesn't get a, <laughs> he a nice yeah, he golden get... parachute when he <laughs> with his exit package yeah, there's no... Uh, there's does no it, uh, he doesn't get severance, is yeah. what he's saying. Are we just naming other HBO shows now, yeah? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Apple TV+. Plus. That's Apple, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know I don't get it. I know what you meant. You know what I meant. So, mm. off goes Damon. Uh, he disappears. We also get a little bit in this... We, th we see our first glimpse of dragons. So, this is the series that we have been told where there will be up to about ten dragons that are left in the world. 
we get to see Balerion the Black Dread down in the keep. He was the biggest dragon of them all. He was Viserys's dragon that he rode. He was also read, written by um, the guy that conquered Westeros. He's the biggest and oldest dragon, but he's dead now. But we get to see uh, two dragons in this episode, uh, or we get mention of two dragons. We get the dragon that uh, Rhaenerys uh, rides and the one that Daemon Targaryen rides. So they, they haven't yet kind of swamped us with dragons. They're kind of teasing us a little bit. Mo, what do you think about this kind of uh, this kind of part? There, do you, were you expecting more dragons in this first episode? Do you think they would splurge the budget on showing you dragon on dragon action in episode one to get you dra- get dragged in? <laughs> well, they've got enough action to drag me in without more dragons, so I think they struck a nice balance because we, you know, again, I think folks wanted more dragons in game of thrones we've they've already notched it up a bit because we you know we've already gotten a couple dragons you know Mm. very early on but folks again love the politics and the power plays and the moves Mm. and that is an essential part of this of this episode i think you know they, they use a lot of dragon iconography and imagery to make sure that they're always there um, for instance, as we get closer to the end of the, uh, the episode, uh, where Viserys the first, uh, takes his daughter, Rhaenyran, um, into this, uh, kind of burial area and has a discussion which links, directly links this show to Game of Thrones yeah. by mentioning the, uh, the long winter. And, and 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 so and just setting and, and, and narratively connecting those two, um, it, it it's in a weird way. It's kind of like um, <laughs> when you know when in, in Endeavor when he sees <laughs> the red car. You know, at some point, Morris is going to get that red car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah, red jet. The full, the full you know, it's going to happen. So, <laughs> but. Um, I, I, I think that it I think it does enough to introduce majority of probably the main characters, um, raises the stakes, you know, and it gives you enough dragons and, and the other things that it's very similar enough that you're gonna enjoy. I'm gonna tell you like so the uh head of Warner Brothers Discovery, um you know, apparently he loved this episode. He's just enth- enthralled with this mm. series. Um, you know, he mentioned the dragons and so forth. So he, so clearly, you know, there's there's probably definitely more coming. But I think we got en- viewers get enough and uh, enough of a taste that it's familiar. It's it's mm. treading familiar ground, but at the same time, it's giving you, like you said, links to other. Uh, HBO shows and sort of like succession and, and so forth. I think the mention of the long night is interesting. And again, a little controversial in the game of Thrones community, because it's not something that was referenced by George R. R. Martin in the book that this is based on, but I can see why you put it in because it gives you that good link to the, the you know, the, the, the game of Thrones series. It gives you that. Ah, yeah, I know what that is. For those that maybe are coming into this, having never seen, having never read this book and just being a fan of Game of Thrones, the TV show. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. 
with LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. I think one of the criticisms that I've read several times, and I think it is warranted, I think it's in the down periods when you're not good at these elaborate set pieces. I did find it a little dry and I think it maybe lacks the humour of, you know, you have those characters and I think you had a, di- a more diverse range of characters because you were all over Westeros, whereas here we're focused on King's Landing and we're focused on um, the one family, you know, so there's not that, you know, that wide variety of, of characters and you don't have like um what's it, the Peter Dinklage character, I forgot his Yeah, name. you don't have Tyrion, yeah. Tyrion. I, you're quite right. You don't have that sarcastic Or a va- you know, you mentioned Varys, but Varys was very much a you know, had that sort of sly humour about him. <laughs> there was there there was just a lot, you know, even in the first series when you've got Ma- Mark Addy, for example, there was just a lot more variety and I found this very dry. Matt Smith, I know you mentioned earlier, I think he is the person that that brings things to life whenever he's on. Yeah. You know, I was surprised there was much scenery left, the amount he was chewing throughout this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pantomime villain almost, but with that, as Mo mentioned, you know, that extra, like, layer of doubt in his position, and especially in the at the end when, you know, he says, I'm the heir, and, and he's like, well, not anymore, you're not, and mm. off you go, sort of thing. Um, you know, he brought the life to it. Do you guys agree that there wasn't as much sort of humour and variety as, as there was in Game of Thrones? Or I, I, I would agree. I think because your your basic text is a history book, you're not talking about... So the, the, the Game of Thrones books were written from different people's perspectives, which made it very difficult, I think, to turn it into a TV show. So I think when you write the TV show, you've got to add in these larger-than-life characters, these people that, that dominate the screen, you know, and the, the Tyrion, Varys, Littlefinger, who have got these kind of, as you say, these comedic edges uh, that Game of Thrones did have. This is based on a source material of a history book. It's factual. So, again, they have had to write very carefully for these characters, but they do seem to have left out that thing. I mean, the thing you said is that very importantly, you're focused on King's Landing. There's no opening shot of the world of Westeros like you've got in Game of Thrones that people mm. loved. There's no, we're going here, we're going there. We're staying in one place and and we're focused on that. There's, there's two ways to look at this, really. It's, am I looking at this as Game of Thrones 2? Am I looking at this as comparing it to Game of Thrones? Or is this a, a different show altogether? Should this be a show that's standing on its own that shouldn't have the same tone that is maybe like succession in in westeros with you know these characters who are quite a a lot of them are quite unlikable i think with 
you could Paddy Constantine is quite a likable actor, but you know they are quite sort of dry and a little bit boring for the most part. I would personally say. I think in terms of a first episode, a pilot, it really, to me, it really does need to do a lot of the building blocks and the setup. Now, and in terms of the humor and so forth, I think that that to me part of that could be down to the writing. I think mm. that the maybe you know you hadn't you haven't scripted out or we haven't gotten uh, enough of uh, the characters sketched out where they they feel like they can inject hum- maybe a bit more humor maybe we will get that down the line i honestly think um that one of the characters who could potentially give us a bit more of those snide comments and commentary is uh uh Rainus Targaryen, and because if, mm. if you you saw during the tournament, her and her husband Lord Corlys, they would have these like little chit chatty side side comments, yeah. commentary. So I mean, I think you can get you're gonna probably maybe get that from that that couple. Mm. And and Eve Best is a fantastic actress as well. I loved her in Nurse Jackie, so I hope she has got more to do uh, going forward. Could this work for people who haven't seen Game of Thrones? I think it does. Um, the crawl, it's not really even a crawl. You know, we don't get like a Star Wars like crawl at the beginning. But mm. I think the uh, introductory text that we get prior to the, the um, council meeting um, that, set, that begins the episode, I think that that gives you a bit of information. Um, I think that folks who haven't seen Game of Th- I think that the advertising is going to be well if you if you wanted dragons here are dragons I, yeah. I, so i think it does work and in the same way again and I, I did mention this jokingly a little bit earlier like you can enjoy endeavor without watching morse mm. yeah and, in the same that. way so so i think this works yeah okay and and gary do you agree i i think so for a lot of the reasons that mother's just stated i, mm. I do think so because I think as well, the one again, some people's complaints about Game of Thrones was it's far too big, it's far too world building. There's far too many characters in it, and actually, when you look at it, you've got six or seven characters you need to focus on in this first episode. Yes, there are lots of other people, but really, all you've got to focus in is that six or seven people. And if you follow them through the ten episodes, I think you will get a lot of enjoyment. I agree with Moen that this is a deep dive into a particular area of history that that is important in then the, the big world view of, of, of Game of Thrones in, in its entirety. Yeah, that's interesting. And I, I, I do know, I, I, I mean, I did a bit of reading this morning that they they did originally have the, the, another Game of Thrones spin-off, didn't they, with... Well... Was it Naomi Watts? Yes. They've had and they were going to... Uh, I think it was seen as not close enough to Game of Thrones, ultimately, to uh, they, are, they nixed there that. Are, there are two things that apparently this world will never see. One is the original pilot of Game of Thrones, which apparently was had to be completely rewritten and redone and recast. And the other one, as you said, is the Naomi Watts one, because they showed it to the executives at HBO and everyone went, well, this isn't Game of Thrones. Mm. You know, we, we've spent all this money on well, it. And, and, and you're right. Yeah. I, I think you're right. What they've done is something that is a lot closer. So they they want like the game of. I mean, that is going to be the the main audience, isn't it? That is going to be the the, the you know the the hungry 
passionate Game of Thrones fans who, mm. you know, on this side of the pond will be staying up till what's it, two a.m. Two a.m. There's um, another. There's another key thing to say here. This this mm. is not written by the gentleman who did Game of Thrones. The two guys, uh, Dave Weiss and, Dan, and yeah, Benioff. Benioff. Yeah. yeah, this is written primarily by a group of writers, that some of which have done certain episodes. And George R. R. Martin has been much more involved, like he was in the very early series of Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, and again, that's controversial because he's got another book to write that he's been working on. And people are like, well, if you keep working on all of these. And as you've said, Matt, if you alluded to, there are a number of other pilots and, and prequels. There's talk of a Jon Snow mm. future series, you know, where what happened to Jon Snow afterwards. Not like Jon Snow 2046 or something. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Blade, like Blade Runner, you know. But I think mm. you're right. They are trying. They're trying to reclaim those 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 book readers and those show watchers who got so annoyed towards the end of series eight of Game of Thrones, and they're trying to bring them back. Yeah, because I mean, for me, I was certainly a fair. As Gary knows, I was quite a fair weather Game of Thrones watcher and dipped sort of in and out of it throughout the course of the series. So I wasn't, I would say, a passionate Game of Thrones fan and didn't really have as strong opinion on that finale as. A lot of people did. Um, but do you think, you know, as you, you guys, I mean, I know Gary is, Mo, I, I, are you a sort of hardcore Game of Thrones fan? And do you think this sort of lives up to the, any expectations you had going in? Well, I would consider myself more of a Johnny come lately okay. a Game of Thrones fan. I can't, you know, honestly, the first couple series i i watched a couple episodes and it just wasn't because it was advertised again in my mind i was thinking much more of the fantasy elements and we weren't really getting a whole lot of that earlier on and so that was what i was looking for that that mix and 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 depending on my mood you know the 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 violence you know may or may not work for me now as you know, at the, at the time, my partner and now is my wife, um, you know, she was much more of a fan. And then eventually, you know, you know, I, I became much more interested in, in, you know, really devouring episodes and so forth. So I was not a fan from the get go, from from the beginning of Game of Thrones. Uh, and honestly, I've I've only I tr- I've tried to read the first book and, and it was just and I just couldn't get through it. Um, mm. But I think. For, for folks, you know, I, I think this tr- is trying to be like, you know, that that all-purpose show. And I've read interviews um, with the the one of the co-showrunners who also directed this first episode, Miguel Sapotnik. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He's mm-hmm. looking at this as, you know, they're like roughly a four-season show or something yeah. like that. It's yeah, not going to go on forever. Um, it it there is a there is a beginning middle and end to this i think that that works better particularly for individuals who thought that and and, and rightly so that you know the the wheels or you know the wings came off the dragon whatever analogy you want to use in those later in those later series scales the scales came off the yeah. scales yes the scales that the face thank you matt the scales came off and that, you know, I think that there's a bit more structure here. This is all written out. As you say, three, four series, beginning, middle and end. I think it could be a much more satisfying watch for those of that were frustrated by Game of Thrones. 
and as you say, I am I am the big Game of Thrones geek. I, I've read all the books. I've so, read the history books. Uh, so did the it comic books satisfy you then, Gary? You know, you you were of the three of us. You went on to episode two. Was it satisfying? Did it, did you get what you needed from it? You know, is is this something yes. that is that's going to um, make the hard drive, Mo? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be on the hard drive, I tell you that. Uh, yes, it did. Um, I, I think there's enough intrigue, there's enough action in it that, that to me, if I kind of take myself out of my geeky Game of Thrones, this is still a good show so that I can get what I want from it, 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 it as a Game of Thrones fan as well. I, I'm intrigued by what's coming up. Uh, I won't spoil episode two for YouTube, but the show does move a little bit in its timeline. It goes forward a few years, not lots, not hundreds, but a few years to move the story along. I think this, the thing that I hope that they will do in this, that they didn't do in Game of Thrones, and again, one of the criticisms of Game of Thrones is it's very linear. You know, these you bounce around from these places, but you've got no idea of time scale. This one is going to give you, right, here we are. It's now this because we're working towards some big events that Mo has mentioned, which I won't, won't go into for spoilers. Uh, but, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff coming. And I think, again, you know, again, one of the big things about Game of Thrones where people are, oh, we know we've got this character coming. Well, all these characters are already here. Now you've seen them. Now get into them. Now, now, now learn mm. them. Get to like your favourite. They're going to be here for the whole four series you know, or, or majority of them for the whole four series of what's going on. This is going to be a key, a key crown jewel in HBO's programming. I, I would expect that we're going to hear something about uh, if it's big enough, you know, uh, a, a series two renewal, you There's know, sooner rather than like, that. Yeah. There's already rumors. The cast apparently have already heard rumors about a series two. So, but that's, that's not uncommon. Yeah, but I, I, I think this is too big to fail. Um, oh, yeah. To yeah, me, yeah, what's yeah. interesting is the fact that you've got the Lord of the Rings prequel coming out in, what is it, a month? I think it's, is it October or something? No, it's next month. It's, it's next September. Month. You know, you've got another huge project, you know, and, and, and Amazon are putting all their eggs in that basket. You know, that is, that, you know, they're, they're going to die if that progress, you know, you're not going to see Amazon Prime anymore if that doesn't take off because they've put millions into it. Um, I know, I know they've got millions, but you know, um, <laughs> and it's just interesting that you know you're getting another fantasy prequel so close to each other. Mm. I wonder, I wonder if at all they will steal um, audience from each other. Is there enough? Well, I, I think yes. I think people are capable of watching two episodes of TV a week. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. But, <laughs> I think it's the same. I think it's the same or, or a similar audience, uh, definitely. But I think you know. It's. I think more people are going to probably watch the Lord of the Rings one purely because it's on Amazon Prime, and a lot of people have got Amazon Prime, even if they don't know that they've got Amazon Prime. Yeah. For the do shopping, think, as we said. Do you think more before. people have Amazon Prime than Sky Atlantic? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. You. Th I. Yeah. I was thinking so. Yeah. As I say, I think a lot of people have Amazon Prime for the shopping and have no idea that they actually can watch the Lord of the Rings TV show. I think that's part. So if they're clever, when they deliver your shopping, they should say, "Oh, by the way, uh, watch this." you know in every mm. package yes yeah, a little ring or something i don't know that's right yeah whatever <laughs> um so yeah so i just to to sort of finish off then uh sarah unfortunately couldn't be here today because she has got a social life um 
How dare she? I know, I know. She's, uh, but she has been very busy because she was volunteering at the old, uh, the Commonwealth Games recently. Oh, that's right. I did watch it and try and look out for her, but I didn't see it. So um, I've got some feedback from her here. Um, I, I'm going to struggle to do it in the Brummie accent. I know she says bab every so often. <laughs> I don't know if Mo wants to have a go at the, uh, the Brummie. Oh, please. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so just in my own voice then. Says, so excited that Game of Thrones is back. Matt Smith as a cocky prince about to start a civil war because he and his brother don't get on is entirely believable. Such cocky swagger throughout. But because he's a big name, I was wondering if he'd e- even survive episode one. Love how warm it looks. No icy horrors here. The buildings and the city are expansive. The money is all on the screen. And they didn't muck about. They showed the dragon within the first few minutes. This is what we're here for. Violence in the jousting tournament is gratuitous as is the violence committed against Queen in the birthing chamber. It's still a tough time to be a woman. Feels like no one is getting out alive. And most pleasing was they hinted at lots of families and relationships and disputes, but didn't try to introduce them all in the first episode. Big dramas can learn. Yeah, I think a lot of that is what we've said. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I I think the whole theme of this is it's not easy being a woman in Westeros. No, as we all know. Even when you have three dragons, it's not easy, as we found out. And as um, Sarah, Sarah mentioned there, the money up on screen, I believe, was it around $20 million an episode, something like that? Mm. that so, that's, that sounds about right. And you can tell, because even, even Viserys the King has a mini version of the, of the city in his room. Which yeah. I, thought was, I thought that was a really good touch. That's not in the book, by the way. That's a really nice touch that they've added. That, like, what does the king do in his spare time? Well, he, he fiddles around with his toy trains, train set, you know, <laughs> effectively. Uh, you know, but he gets people to make it for him. So. And I, and judging by that final scene with Alison, he doesn't fiddle around with much else, which is which is good. I think again, this is going to be, as I said, lots of two a.m. So I don't get spoiled that sort of thing, really, and. Yeah. Um, or trying to hold, you know, record oh. like you did the recording and then watching it with your breakfast or something like that. I, I stayed up to watch the last episode. I still can't believe I did it. I can't either. No. Um, we should listen back to that, that episode we did after that. I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, you guys as, as sort of, certainly Gary, as, as, a, as a sort of diehard fan of this, this mm. you are going to be watching more. You're going to be... Keeping up week by week, sort of. Oh, oh, yeah, because actually some friends of mine, actually, they have a part. We we would uh, have a party, a watch party every week. Oh, wow. Doing Game of Thrones. And so we're we're, we're supposed to be having a watch party, a weekly watch party for this as well. Do they know you've watched the first one already? No, they do not. (laughs) They know you've cheated on them with us. Yes. (laughs) Will, and the question, the second question is, will you be telling them? No. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I can yeah. guess. Well, this po- they'll know eventually because this podcast is coming out. Mo, is this something that you'll be covering on Geek Confidential? We will. We will definitely pr- uh, get around to talking about this on Geek. I mean, we're kind of um, on a little hiatus right now. What he'll probably want to do is do a special episode devoted to it, either um, after a few episodes of aired and then maybe do a wrap-up episode. It just depends on what's going on and how close to like the fall television launch season we are. 
but we will definitely uh, get to this. And where can we listen to and follow and all that jazz yeah. with Geek Confidential? So, yeah, so so Geek Confidential is uh, you can certainly follow us. We are on iTunes, Spotify, you, all the usual podcast places. Um, we're on Facebook and and uh, Twitter as well. Um, you can follow me at uh, Doctor Mo seventy seven. Yeah, insert your GP joke here. Yeah. What are you talking about, Mo? <laughs> I, I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Do not take any advice. I'm not yeah. a. I'm not licensed GP. <laughs> um, I I know that GPs waiting lists are long at the moment. Um, certainly in the UK, uh, but Mo uh, is still not a qualified physician. There you go. Yeah. A uh, bit of satire there as well. Gary, anything to promote at the moment? Not really, no. I don't really feel I have anything to promote anymore. The hard Aww. drive is 50... The hard drive oh, there we go, the hard drive. The hard drive is only 50% used at the moment. Okay. There <laughs> so, you go, ladies. You know, there you go, ladies. Uh, and, and there's, there's things on it like the Lazarus Project... Uh, the last series of uh, uh, of um, Silent Witness. Uh, I said I'd watch the Responder. Don't tell Luke. I didn't really like um, uh, the, tour- the, the, the Tourist. Oh, the Tourist. Well, yeah, I, I like the Tourist as well, so don't tell. Oh, me okay. That. All right. Well, don't. Yeah, Mo, don't tell Matt. I don't really like. The tourist. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I've. I've I've watched the first episode of the Lazarus part. I need to get back to that. I, I enjoy. I quite enjoyed. Yeah, people have been quite. I mean, I know Michael said last week he'd watched it and enjoyed it. And um, yeah, so um, and in terms of us at the Custard TV, um, on the website at the moment there is a plethora of of stuff to enjoy. Um, the most recent post is about the Handmaid's Tale, a, res- a retrospective of that by Amy. Uh, there's also Luke has been writing some articles, Gary, as well. Don't forget. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah on, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're clocking off. Better call Saul. There's some stuff up there as well. And the podcast you can find um, as we get confidential on your podcast app of choice: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, follow at the Custard TV at Custard TV Pod at Luke Custard TV for the site at Matt's TV Bites for me and at the Gary Show for Gary. It is still at the Gary Show, yes. Yeah. Even though the Gary Show is a podcast that died a decade ago. Oh, we should we should bring it back. Bring oh, back well, the Gary Show. The campaign right. starts here. Let's get a Kickstarter going. Yeah, <laughs> let's resurrect the MySpace page that used to go. With yeah, it. and yeah, <laughs> the MySpace page. <laughs> You'll be in my top seven friends. Is that what it was? Yeah, top seven, wasn't it? So we will be back next week. Um, Gary will probably be on the podcast, even though he doesn't know it yet. Well, I'm gonna, oh, okay. <laughs> gonna ask him. <laughs> Gary, do you want to take us out because this is your uh, your baby? Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us here once again in Gary Woes Westeros, and uh, we wish you safe passage and safe journey back to your homeland. Goodbye. it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.